and welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I'm Matt. I'm Ashley. And, and I'm Benny. Benny. <laughs> Benny, we're so happy to have you here with us today. Um, Benny is now gone out of state, but we have got him back uh, for uh, some 12 days of Christmas. And so the, for the folks who've been um, listening to the podcast for a while or even just this year, uh, the 12 days of Christmas uh, is where every day leading up to the holiday, we talk about a movie that is about Christmas or the holidays. And uh, today, uh, we were just talking before we were recording, uh, Benny kind of introduced us to this movie uh, when we decided to uh, talk about it this year, and that is the How the Grinch Stole Christmas. So, uh, Benny, why don't you uh, tell the folks about it? Sure. Um, just a quick question, because I realize I haven't asked this. We are talking about the live-action version, correct? That's, <laughs> that is correct. Okay. Um, I could have done either one. Don't worry. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so starring Jim Carrey, uh, it is a retelling of the classic Grinch story. Um, I assume everyone knows it, but for a quick recap... It's about a funny, furry, green man whose heart is three sizes too small that uh, everybody dislikes. And he kind of lives in a scary mountain out out of town, out of Whoville. Um, And uh, he hates Christmas because everyone's always happy around Christmas time. So he develops a plan to, uh, to ruin Christmas, successfully does it and then feels bad, and his heart grows three sizes, and he saves Christmas. That's (laughs) the essential story. And uh, the uh, main character other than him that that grows his heart is a little girl named Cindy Lou Who. (laughs) Um, And, uh, yeah, it's it's a strange movie. It's it's a funny one. Um, There's a lot of interesting humor in there that, to me, works. Um, it's a, there's a big mix of slapstick and, um, a lot of just pretty silly childish verbal jokes that, uh, to me do still land as an adult. Um, overall, I think uh, that a lot of it is very cool. Like the, the production value, the set design that they did is very cool. Um, it does, Whoville feels like a, a real fantasy land that you're in. Um, and the acting all around is very good, in my opinion. Uh, I don't remember anyone that drops the ball. Uh, and uh, Jim Carrey and the little girl that plays Cindy Lou Who, whose name escapes me at the moment, uh, both do a great job of uh, portraying their roles. Um, I, uh, I don't think there's anything particularly interesting in the cinematography or special effects or anything like that. But uh, I think it tells, a at this point, classic story very well fairly faithfully and um it's enjoyable for pretty much anyone uh, of any age yeah so i i hadn't seen this movie until we watched it um in preparation for this and to be honest uh that was kind of by design um i was <laughs> n- i was never a fan of i think jim carrey is actually a very good actor but i was never a fan of his like frenetic um comedy you know that he was doing around this time the ace ventura and the mask and and those movies uh they really put me off so i kind of avoided this one on purpose um but you know after watching it uh just last night um it was better than i thought it would be i i did find his (laughs) performance a little off-putting at time 
but boy, I mean, he's totally committed to this role and, um, he does everything he possibly can with it. And, um, yeah, he certainly steals the movie. And I think, you know, it's kind of designed for him to do that. Um, but visually the movie is pretty, um, awesome looking, um, amazing sets, amazing set design. Um, yeah. And, and a lot of really fun actors. I mean, you've already mentioned some of the best ones, but then there are a lot of like little, um, uh, supporting characters who are interesting to kind of identify beneath their, their who, who makeup. Um, Jeffrey Tambor is in it and Bill, Bill Irwin is in it. Um, so it was fun to see those <clears throat> actors and, and yeah, they all did a really good job. Yeah. So, um, the thing that caught me the, right out of the gate with this movie is the score. I, I it starts up and immediately I, I was like, this is really good. And I was definitely waiting to see who did it. And it's James Horner, which um, <laughs> man of many great film scores. Uh, yeah. Jim Carrey. Um, Jim Carrey. I get what you say about the, the frenetic nature of his comedy. Um, it's weird. I really liked it back when he was on in living color. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when he tra- made the, the move to movies, not, so much, but it works here. I think um, he it, he does what's what's needed. I mean, he goes above and beyond uh, to like throw himself into this role, uh, and I, I think it works. Um, <clears throat> and it's weird. I was watching this, and I was trying to think about what would I would have thought of this if I were a kid. Um, so I'm coming to it with adult eyes, mm-hmm. and there's certain things I could say about it. Um, I'll say those in a moment later on, but uh, I think if I were a kid, I think this is a movie I would have liked quite a bit, actually. And, and Benny, did you see this when you were a kid? Yes, it was a family staple, and uh, we all loved it. My sister hated it, but uh, <laughs> she hates um, she, she hated Santa Claus because he has a beard, um, and she was terrified <laughs> of men with beards. So a lot of uh, Christmas media didn't really land for her when we were kids. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So Ron Howard directed this and he was on quite a bit of a role. I think, I think this is just maybe a year or two before he won like a best act director Oscar. I mm-hmm. think he won that for beautiful mind. Um, and his dad is in here. He always puts his dad Rance in here and then his brother Clint uh, is in this uh, as well. And they were fun to see pop up. I even love the dog Max played by, uh, played uh, by Kelly. Some of the best scenes are with the dog. <laughs> that dog, that dog is a good actor. <laughs> Um, yeah, so my nitpick with this, um, is I feel like it suffers from, um, what I call Anakin Skywalker syndrome. So (laughs) what I mean by that is, you know, with the Star Wars prequels, I feel like they're supposed to show you this tragic figure of Anakin Skywalker and how, you know, he was this good guy, but then he became Darth Vader. Um, and you know, before the prequels, uh, when he has that moment at the return of the, at the end of Return of the Jedi, where he turns and kills the Emperor or whatever, you're like, okay, well, this dude, you know, he must have been a good guy at some point, and mm-hmm. you know, got, got got lost. And then you see the prequels, and yeah, in the Phantom Menace, he's a kid, and you know, it's you got to work really hard to make a kid um, bad. <laughs> but then in the next two movies, he's this moody, brooding teenager, mm-hmm. and it's like, so when exactly was he good, aside from being a kid? <laughs> Um, and yeah, this movie <clears throat> shows the Grinch in flashbacks and he's a kid and he's, 
he gets picked on and I feel bad for him when he gets picked on. Mm-hmm. But he also is kind of destructive too. He's kind of got a little bit of a, a, a mean streak in him or a bad streak in him. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they, I felt like they could have made him a little bit more sympathetic. Um, but I feel like that is adult me talking. <laughs> and I feel like if I seriously, I feel like if I came to this kid, I don't know if I would have even paid attention to all that. I think I just would have really liked this movie for the, the, the set designs, which are awesome. Um, and uh, Jim Carrey's this mesmerizing performance uh, and, and just the general, the acting, the, the rest of the actors, like I think Penny said, you know, they put in, mm-hmm. they put in good work. Yeah. Um, I, I see what you're saying. And I think, uh, I do largely agree, though, and and I know that they were trying to make the Grinch a little more of a sympathetic character with those. Those aren't in the original Grinch lore. Those flashbacks, they they added that for the movie, and I don't really think it added anything <laughs> to, to do that. I I agree with you there, um, but I also think that, like you were saying, for kids, I, I don't think there are many kids that view the Grinch as a sympathetic character, um, and uh, if that's what they were trying to accomplish. Uh, I, I don't know how they could have done it. He's he's a mean monster um, <laughs> until until he's nice at the end. Um, so if that's I, I agree that I don't I don't think any of that added anything. Um, though he was maybe more sympathetic than Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. He, 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 uh, you know, the Grinch never murdered a group of younglings. <laughs> yeah, or genocided a village of, no. <laughs> of, of uh, what are they called, sand people? <laughs> yeah, so those flashbacks were added. I feel like there was a lot of things kind of added to pad out what is essentially a very simple story. And I don't know that it adds a whole lot. I mean, it, it adds a lot of maybe action and color and special effects and, you know, sets. Um, But I don't know that it really contributed to a a more heartfelt movie. In fact, I think, Mm -hmm. I think of the three, let's see, versions of this, the, the book, the, the animated special and this, I think this one probably um, failed to reach me emotionally more than any of those. But um, I don't know. I, I, I did enjoy it. I don't want to be, completely pessimistic about it, but I, I thought it was a, a good, a good movie. Um, just maybe a little overstuffed and, um, yeah. Yeah. I should note that, um, this movie was the number one film at the box office and at least in North America for 2000. Good grief. And <laughs> it made, you know, cause I'm all, I'm all about these numbers. And so it made, um, in North America, $260 million total, and in uh, today's money, that's four hundred nineteen million. I mean, that's <clears throat> it was quite a big blockbuster. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was uh, it was popular with the with the young folk, <laughs> and, and I think families. I mean, just to, to be to be uh, <clears throat> to be serious for a moment, I think it was a big family film. I, I remember when it was out, um, a lot of people were talking about it. So yeah, I think it fell very much under that category of. Uh, movies that parents hoped their kids would like because they could tolerate it being played six times in a row. <laughs> There's definitely humor in there for adults as well. Yeah. Um, so any final thoughts on it, Benny? Um, well, uh, I, I think uh, I'm just going to 
mostly agree with everything that was just said there that, uh, I agree that basically everything that was added, um, I don't think it really took away from the movie, but it didn't really add anything to it. They were just trying to pad the time. And, uh, I think they probably could have found more effective ways to do that, but I don't think it, it by in any means ruins the movie. Um, and, uh, overall it's still very good, especially if, if you've got children to entertain. <laughs> Agreed. So, what would you give it out of ten? Um, maybe a seven. Yeah, that's my score too. How about you? I was going to give it a six point five. Okay. Uh, so uh, that means our score is six point eight, and it is on the tomato meter. Uh, has a rotten forty nine percent from critics and a fifty six percent from audiences. Really? Yeah. It made all that. It made all that money. Yeah, that is that's very surprising. <laughs> well, you know what they say is uh, the great movies are always controversial. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. So that's um, the 2000 version of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. It's a 6.8 from Ashley, Benny, and I. Um, Benny, I think we'll see you a little bit later on uh, in this season of 12 <laughs> Days of Christmas. Uh, and thank you all for listening. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs>